You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. You're listening to episode number 52 of the Million Praying Moms podcast, where each week we're talking about the real issues Christian parents face today and helping you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. So before we get started today, we wanted to give you a little update on all things podcast. You might have noticed that we have not been updating our podcast quite as as frequently as we normally do. And so we wanted to give you an explanation today of why that is and where we're going in the future. Those of you who've been with us for a while remember that a few years ago, when we were still the Mob Society, Aaron and I went live on Facebook every Tuesday to do a show that we called Mob Live. And guys, I have to tell you, we absolutely loved it. We loved being able to go live there every Tuesday. It was super fun. We realized how well we worked together, and a lot of you loved it as well. But you started asking us if we would consider doing the show in podcast form instead. So we listened, which is something we normally try to do is listen to what you guys want. And we loved that too. We really, really love doing a podcast for you as well. Yes. I echo what Brooke is saying a hundred percent, mostly because I love to talk. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> both of these formats are, are my sweet spot, but we've been doing a lot of soul searching and looking ahead to the future as it relates to really the craziness that is this year's back to school process. And what we found uh, is taking us in a slightly different direction again. Yes. So I think we can all agree that this school year is going to look very different from any other one that we've seen. And for right now, it looks like one or maybe even both of us will have our children home with us at least a few days a week. And honestly, Erin, who knows? Who Who knows knows? how that could change, right? (laughs) As we move into the fall, there's all kinds of rumors about things shutting back down. None of us really knows what's going to happen. But what this means is that we have to set reasonable expectations for what we can maintain in ministry because, and this is important, our first ministry will always be to our families. Amen. And we want to make that clear because that is who we are and we are 100% authentic around here. We put our families first. So here is the plan. Once a month, we're going to go live on the Million Praying Moms Facebook page to do our podcast interview or our discussion live. It's kind of a throwback to what we used to do on the Mob Society. We will then take the audio from that episode and upload it to iTunes. So those of you who prefer podcasts can listen in there. But that's it. There will only be one new Facebook Live slash podcast from Million Praying Moms per month until or if things get a bit easier in the children at home department. Again, this is our plan right now. And I know a lot of you understand that. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, But just once a month, you'll be hearing from us. And you can watch us live and listen to it on podcast or pick your favorite. That's right. So we're actually really excited about this format for this, for this particular season that we're in. And we hope that you are as well. We want to continue doing this. We love chatting with people who we believe can serve you at the, the different places that you're in in your parenting. We love bringing you the very best parenting wisdom that we can possibly bring you. And we love teaching you how to make prayer your first and best response to parenting. So this month, we're hitting on a very, very timely and stressful topic, which is all things back to school. In our episode today, we were joined by Tara Cole, author of our newest prayer resource, Everyday Prayers for Back to School. And we spent some time talking about school decisions, a school year filled with grace, and most importantly, praying over it all. Let's take a listen. 
Yeah. And we are going to be covering a lot today because this back to school season is different than any other we've Mm -hmm. ever experienced and hopefully ever will experience ever again. again. (laughs) But, But first, before we dive into all of that, we want you to know about our newest prayer resources, and that's called Everyday Prayers for Back to School by the fabulous Tara Cole, who just happens to be our guest today. Um, yes. Brooke, I would love for you to tell us all about it. And I think you even have a copy in your hands. Is that right? I do. I do have a copy. And I just have to tell you, Erin, um, in case you guys don't know, Erin designs our covers for these. And this one in particular, I just thought was so, so cute and so colorful and just really pops. We've gotten a lot of really positive feedback on it. And we're, we're thrilled about that. So um, yeah, so we decided a few months ago, actually, I, I need to, I need to step back and tell you that we have wanted to do more topical style prayer journals for probably like two years now. Mm-hmm. We have just, this is an idea that we've had on the back burner for over two years where we've just been, you know, we had a list of ongoing topics that we wanted to to share a prayer guide for you guys with. And and when everything happened with COVID-19 and everything shut down, um, the Lord made it pretty clear that this was the right time for us to start pursuing this and providing these resources for you. So um, we have a few that are available now in our Christian Mom Shop, if you go to christianmomshop.com. And we're going to be producing more and more and more of them until we have this entire library of what we're calling Everyday Prayers Resources. And so I want the first thing that I want you to know is that it is a prayer journal. Um, It is not just a resource of written out prayers that we're providing for you. It is that um, there are 20 prayers in each of the at least 20 prayers in each of the everyday prayers resources that we're providing. And um, as always, with all of our stuff, it starts out with a, a verse or a passage um, and we allow our prayers to be inspired by those verses because it is our heart to be praying the word for our kids. It's what we do differently here at Million Praying Moms. Um, we want you to be praying however you want to be praying, but our heart is to pray the word for our children. We believe that it's the very best way to pray for them. And so we have a verse or a passage and then a, a, a prayer that's, that is inspired by that. And one of the things that I really like about these particular resources are that we have these great reflection questions as well. So you can see if you guys have been diehard Pray the Word journal users, which is a completely different resource, you can see that they're not the same. The inside is not the same as the Pray the Word journal. Um, But one of the things that's different about it that we really, really like and we think you're going to like is the opportunity to really use these reflection questions to dive in a little bit deeper and look at what's behind some of the struggles that you might be facing um, that God's word addresses as it pertains to each of these topics. So we're really excited about that feature. um, And I think you're really going to like it. There's lots of room to journal um, in the book. And most of the resources um, are going to be 20 days long. So they're designed for you to do on the weekdays and then be able to take the weekend off. And there is a forward in each of them that's written by me that talks a little bit about why it's important for us, why we believe it's important to pray the word of God for your children. Um, and then uh, it, in the beginning of each of them, we have our authors who have written a great introductory kind of chapter to the book um, talking about the topic at hand and some of the challenges that, that we're facing or we face as parents um, as it relates to that topic and really providing the backdrop or the foundation for, um, you know, based in God's word and with a biblical focus about how you can frame these prayers as you're praying them back to God for yourself and for your children. So it's really neat. It's kind of like a mixture between a normal paperback book and a prayer journal. It's got a little bit of both. And I really love that. And they are available in both digital format and in paperback format at christianmomshop.com. So if you're a digital person who really likes to have uh, your resources on your iPad or your whatever reader you use or, or, or tablet, then you can do that. Um, but if you're the person who really likes to have something that you can write in, which I know because you guys have told us that <laughs> you really like to have those physical copies and I'm with you. Amen. I really like to have them too. Um, 
then you can get those inside of Christian Mom Shop at christianmomshop.com. Yes. And yeah, we are really excited to be able to offer that paperback version again, because we know how, how much you love it. And we would love you to go over to christianmomshop.com to get your copy. But first, don't go there yet. Keep watching. <laughs> and we want to tell you how you could get a digital copy for free because we have a Million Praying Moms Circle membership. And if you haven't heard about that yet, let me give you just a quick overview. It's just $8 a month and it gives you digital access to the monthly prayer journal, which just happens to be our back to school edition this month as part of that membership. If you are more of a paperback journal kind of person, all circle members get 20% off the paperback journals. So you do have the membership fee monthly, but you get a discount on the paperback one if you decide that's the route you want to go. Now, you might be saying, why do I have to pay to get the discount? (laughs) I feel like an infomercial right now because it's like, wait, there's more. You're not paying the membership just to get 20% off the paperback journal. The circle membership is really our community, our prayer community. Um, And it is the heart of what we're doing because we want to come alongside you Uh, to be your partners and mentors and cheerleaders in prayer. I mean, really, that's the heart of it is we, we believe that prayer should be your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. That is what we're doing here. And we want to come alongside you to do that. So with the circle membership, we have a whole bunch of stuff that that includes. We have monthly live prayer meetings with Brooke and Aaron, me, that's me, Brooke and Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> inside, I'm not talking in third person here, you know. Brooke and I inside our private Facebook group. Uh, we offer, and we have really loved those. You're bringing our, your prayer requests to us monthly, and we are praying out loud over them as a group. I, I am really moved by that. And that's yeah. one of my favorite things that we're doing because I think there is such power, especially in this time when a lot of us are still. Um, social distancing and being at home, the fact that we can come together in a live format online and lift each other up in prayer. I, I'm almost near tears every time we do it because Mm -hmm. that means a lot to me. Um, And we hope it does to you as well. Um, You also get early access to every sale product launch, all of that stuff. So if we have something new, you're going to know about it first. Uh, We also do have our private Facebook group where those monthly prayer meetings happen. And Brooke and I are in there. Um, Amber and Gina are community leaders for us. Our Million Praying Moms writers are all in there. It really is a great place to um, just be encouraged and know that people are praying for you and, and getting more resources and all of that. And we have exclusive deals. There's discounts that we offer, like the journals. You get Um, always get 10% off in the Christian mom shop off of like mugs and hats and all of that stuff that we have. We are offering free prayer prompts in there and even monthly book giveaways, which are only available to our members. So um, all of that. And one last thing, which I think is probably the most valuable. If you've seen our everyday prayers um, for ages and stages that we came out with first, We consider that our foundations, our everyday prayers, foundations, digital library, and that is free to all members as well. So, I mean, that's a lot of stuff for $8 a month. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, honestly, if you went and totaled up buying all that stuff in the shop and, you know, all the other, the worth of everything else, it would be a lot, a lot more than $8 a month. So if you are wanting everyday prayers for back to school, before you go to Christian mom shop to buy it, just check out millionprayingmoms.com forward slash the circle to see if maybe that's a better choice for you, both financially and community wise. I, I mean, we really do feel like it is our best deal and the best place to be encouraged. Yep, absolutely. All right. So that's our exciting news for today. Let us go ahead and dive into our topic. And we are anxious for you to meet our guest who happens to be the author of Everyday Prayers for Back to School. Um, Tara Cole is a longtime friend and contributor to our ministry here. 
Um, and along with this new prayer book, Prayer Journal, she's the author of another book that you probably really want to go check out called Abide, 40 Ways to Focus on Jesus Daily. I believe we had you on the show to talk about mm-hmm. that before, didn't we, Tara? Yeah. Yes. So, in January. Um, yes. Awesome. So we'll put that in our show notes so that you guys can go and find um, that particular episode as well. But <clears throat> Tara is a wife and a mom of three boys, and she loves helping moms and their kids build relationship with Jesus together. To top it all off, she is also a teacher, which makes her perfect for this talk today. <laughs> Actually, I'm in the minority because we have two teachers who are um, t- who are with us today, Erin and Tara both. And I guess I'm a teacher, but I do a little bit different capacity than the two of them. So we're really glad to have her with us today. Tara, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today, Brooke. You're good. We are glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself your family, and what it is that you do in education so that our, our listeners today can get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Well, my name is Tara Cole, and I live in the Midwest with my husband, Jeremy, and my three sons who are all in elementary school. They range from first grade to fifth grade right now. I um, also, like Brooke said, I'm an author. I also have a podcast, Over a Cup. And I am a teacher at a local university. I have been teaching in um, higher education and college level for over 10 years now. And for um, 10 of those years, since my, I was pregnant with my first son, I have been primarily an online teacher. So I've taught face-to-face and online for a really long time. I absolutely love teaching. It is one of my favorite things to do. And so um, this pandemic is hitting me on the teaching side. It's hitting me on the parenting side and the working at home side. So we're getting it from all the places right now. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I just think you're the first, you're the perfect person to be talking to today. And I have to say, I'm a little jealous when you said you have all three kids in elementary school, because this is my first year with every kid in a different school. And it's a little bit like, oh, yes. Oh my gosh. It's just a lot. All of mine are in elementary, but the way our school district divides it, they're actually in three different buildings. So I have oh my three God. different drop-offs every single morning once school actually oh. starts back. So. Yeah. So you feel me here. I yes, have one I starting, feel your pain. Yes. <laughs> I have one starting high school, one in the middle of middle school, and one in the middle of elementary school. So the emails have been a little bit much. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to figure everything out. Oh my gosh. Yes. So. All right. Well, we want to dive into all things related to back to school, but let's start with the unavoidable topic of starting a new school year during a pandemic, because that's kind of like the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. And it's really actually not my favorite topic right now, because (laughs) I'm a little bit sick of talking about it, the decision making, what's going to happen, like all of that stuff. But I really do think it would be helpful to share a little of what's on each of our minds in these circumstances. You know, Brooke asked you guys to share in your in the comments what you're going through. So I think it's only fitting that we share what we're going through as well. So Tara, let's start with you. How is your family approaching this school year as of today? <laughs> on this day, how are you approaching it? And how did you come to that decision? All right. So like most of you, it is a moving target Um, because a few weeks ago, we, our schools gave us three options, actually two for the elementary level. They gave us the fully online option and then the face-to-face option. And as a teacher, I was like, great, we will choose face-to-face because I can't teach college and elementary school well. And so um, plan to send them back face-to-face, no problem in the bag, thought we were okay. Monday, they text us Monday night saying, oh, by the way, we're doing distance learning and not face-to-face until our emergency level goes down. And I was like, super fantastic. I've already been giving my classes for the fall that I'm supposed to be teaching. And so basically the last three days, we've been gathering information, trying to figure out what would be best for our family. Sometimes my husband and I have agreed. Sometimes we have disagreed. Um, because since I am a teacher, I thought, well, maybe we should just throw in the towel and homeschool them and wait until this passes. Um, but he is more reluctant or less reluctant, um, to do that. 
just because of our backgrounds. I was homeschooled my last three years of high school and absolutely loved it. He has no experience of homeschooling whatsoever. Um, and so he's rest, less reluctant. So as a happy medium, when we were choosing where to move before we had um, my first son enter school, we just said, okay, we'll just move to one of the strongest school districts in our state. Um, and we were able to do that option because of the flexibility of our jobs at the time. And so that's really why we're here in this area is because it's a really school strong public school system. And since I am a teacher and I see what happens at the college level, then I'm pretty strict, I have pretty high expectations there. Um, so currently today, they are going to be distance learning and I am talking with my school about how that's going to look with me. That's a moving target as well. So I'm in the process of talking to my school and figuring out what's gonna look like for their school. So distance learning, I'm online. Beyond that, I don't know today. <laughs> And we may talk to you next week and it's completely right. different. And it will all have changed. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's a really, that's a really good thing to say, Tara, because it, I think you've, you've nailed maybe without meaning to what all moms are feeling right now, or most moms are feeling right now. And that is that it does feel like it's a moving target. It feels like when you make a decision, everything changes and then you have to mm -hmm. go back and make another decision or, or when you make one decision then kind of like the layers of an onion get peeled off. There's another decision that you have to make that's right behind that one that you weren't anticipating or thinking about or whatever. And so, you know, I wrote on Instagram yesterday, I put up this, this thing on Instagram that said um, decision fatigue is a thing because it yes. is, it is a thing. Like I feel like there are so many, and I know my kids are 13 and 15, maybe, you know, for my 13 year old, I feel like the decision that I make now is probably not going to make or break him, right? We've still got time to make other decisions for him if things don't work out or whatever. But my 15-year-old, you guys, he's a sophomore. He's a sophomore in high school. Like, we're running out of time for him. And my mm -hmm. heart is breaking for the parents of seniors and those that had seniors last year. Like, this is not easy. And it mm -hmm. keeps on moving. And I think that that what may end up defining this whole school year for us is that it just keeps on moving because mm -hmm. we don't know what's going to happen. None of us know what's going to happen. So here in, in southwestern Virginia, in our part of the world, um, both of our kids are returning to school, but they're going to be doing it on a hybrid kind of um, deal. And so some of the students are going back Monday, Wednesday, and others are going back Tuesday, Thursday. Mm. And of course, my kids will be on the same days. They're, they're trying to keep families together. They'll be going all day on whatever days they go back. And so they'll have two, um, two in-person days in school, and then they will have three virtual days at home. So like, it's really kind of interesting because last year I was telling some, some great, we homeschooled our youngest last year. Um, and so I was telling a friend of mine, gosh, I really wish there was this hybrid homeschooling option out there for us. I'd love to have, because <laughs> you know, those exist. They're, they're mm -hmm. around, like lots of people do those and love them. And I have always said, I would love to do that. And now here we are. So I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting a couple days with them in school so that I can actually get some work done as well. And then I'm going to have them at home three days a week. And then who knows after that, right? Like, if we should happen to move back into phase two in Virginia, then we'll, they'll be at home. So we just don't know exactly what's going to happen. I think the thing that God has taught me the most through all of this is how to lighten up on my grip of control on things, mm -hmm. because that is my biggest struggle is I want to know what's next. I want to know how this is going to turn out. I, you know, I, I need to have control over these situations and, he has worked on that big time. And so right now, <laughs> as of this moment, um, our school is going back full time with masks. Um, and uh, we have thought about it and prayed about it. And we are sending our kids full time with masks, but I'm doing it like this, like God, whatever happens next week, that's I, not mine to control. So um, if we feel uncomfortable with how it's going, if there's an outbreak, if you know, whatever, we're just rolling with it because I literally have no control over what's happening. And I also feel like nobody can make the wrong decision about what to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you are sitting out there right now going, I can't make this decision because I don't know what's right. Guess what? 
none of us do. Like there is, there no is right. not, yeah. yeah, there is no right answer here. Um, you know, I have a friend who decided to homeschool her kids this year. I've been, I've done homeschool and it worked for us in that season, but I don't feel like it would work for us right now. It's, you know, just where we are in life and what my kids need and what, what's going on. It wasn't the right choice for us right now. There's a remote learning option. If we should feel uncomfortable, I'm going to literally roll with it and, and take it day by day, week by mm-hmm. week. And, uh, if I guess it took the pandemic to get, <laughs> for God to get me to give up a little control to him in that, but I really have been trying to not panic and just say, okay, today we made this decision. This is what we're going to do. We are not committed. Um, and wherever he leads us next, we're going to do that. So, um, I think that's a good, I'm point. trying to breathe. <laughs> yes. I think that's a good point, Erin, is that there's no wrong decision because so yes. many of us feel so much like, what if I make the wrong decision? And right. also that the right decision for us today may not be the right decision tomorrow. And mm-hmm. it may not be the right decision for our best friend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because sometimes we can feel like we need to align with all of our friends around us, or if they're all choosing one way, maybe our choice was a bad one. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there is, there are no bad choices. What you need right. to do today for your family, their safety, maybe their mental health, their physical health, maybe your sanity can be the right choice today. And we don't need to feel the pressure of what everybody else is doing or that accusation that we can keep on each other. And like you said, this is new for all of us. We right. need to give each other a lot of grace. Yeah. I want to just say that. I really want to just say that. Like, can we as a community right now commit to giving each other grace? If your best friend is choosing to do something different than you, give her grace. And if, if your neighbor down the street is choosing another option, give her grace because nobody mm-hmm. knows how to do this. No, mm-hmm. but none of us ha- have a manual for how this is supposed to look or work. And, and because it's going to be changing so much over the year, I feel like uh, this has got to be the year of grace. It has to be. Mm-hmm. So, so can we designate this school year as a community as the year of grace? Can we just do that mm-hmm. for each other Amen. It, it, yes. you know, in our communities in, and even in our homes and in our own hearts? Can we give more grace this school year than we ever have before? Yeah, I, yes. I'm totally on board with that. And I actually want to say that I have seen less and less judgment about school decisions in this season than any school year before, which is kind of refreshing for me because there used to be mom communities at each other's throats over public, private, homeschool, all of that. And I have not seen anyone attack anyone else in that kind of format as this school year starts. But I think we're also all nervous that we're going to be because of what Mm -hmm. the climate has been um, leading up to this is that everything seems contentious and there has been judgment in the past about education choices. I'm not seeing it right now because nobody feels like they know strongly enough (laughs) what the right thing is to judge anybody else. And um, there's, there's plenty of plenty of division in the world right now. We don't need that in, in this topic. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So I feel like we can all agree that this year is definitely going to be, you know, full of more uncertainty than we've ever experienced as parents and that we do need to make it the year of grace. But that said, school is going to happen, right? One way or the other, whatever you decide, uh, whether you're going to homeschool, virtual school, in-person school, what a private school, whatever you're going to do, it is going to happen at some point. So with that in mind, we thought it would be great to take the rest of our show to really dive into the areas that we are going to be praying as a community inside of Tara's new book, Everyday Prayers for Back to School. Um, so the first one is, um, you know, it could be a little bit complicated during the times that we're living in, and, and it will vary a little bit. Uh, based on the degree to which you are face to face with other people. But I still think that it is wildly important for us to be praying for our kids. And that is praying for the right kinds of friendships for our kids. Mm -hmm. What do Tara, what do the right friendships look like for our kids? What is that? I think at least for my family, I kind of see it in two different ways. One is their inner circle 
those friends that they're influencing. And then one is that outer circle, the ones that they may hang out with occasionally and be influencers on. And I think that in her book, Boy Mom, Monica Swanson did a really good job of having this. And I say that because I just read it like last week. And I thought, yes, that's the way I want to think about it. Because those close inner circle friendships, I want to be strong Christians. I want to them to be friendships with boys who I want my sons to look like, who I know their families and their family values. And that when um, my sons are kind of going off the path or need encouragement, they're going to be there and they're going to point them to Jesus and their families that that's their culture is to look to Jesus and for wisdom and things like that. Then for that outer circle, the ones who don't have as much influence on them, they can be those maybe our friends down the street or those non-Christian friends, um, the friends at school who may not have come from um, the same kinds of families we do. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like those who go to church on Sunday and things like that. And so I am really intentional about trying to choose these types of friends for our boys. We um, pay attention to the kids at church and see, okay, are there friends available for them first and foremost at church? Um, the activities we participate in right now, we um, go to Christian Karate Academy a couple times a week and we stay there. Yes, for the karate and all the good influence it has, but 50% of it is their friendships there and the influence of their mentors. I say that when our um, lead instructor opened his mouth, God falls out because he's always encouraging and uplifting and pointing us to God. And to make it better um, is one of his favorite sayings, meaning that you're only competing with yourself, not those around you and about building that community and being respectful. And so I'm really intentional about picking my kids in their circle and who they're going to hang out with regularly and things like that. And I kind of have those conversations with them, especially now that they're getting older. And I want to encourage them to be those friends for others, to be respectful and kind and things like that. So it's kind of a flip side. When I'm praying for their friends, I'm also praying that they'll be those friends. Yep, absolutely. Super, I was gonna, super important. I was going to say, we highly recommend Monica's book, Boy Mom. Mm -hmm. It's excellent. It's excellent. And, um, you know, I this is something that's so, it's, I feel like it gets harder and harder as they get older because mm -hmm. They're like, my kids are going to bigger schools and they're, you know, meeting new people all the time. And you don't always know who they're getting to know. And, you know, my kids have said before, like, mom, I don't know who's a Christian or not. A lot of times mm -hmm. when I'm getting to become friends with someone and, you know, we've had that conversation of like, well, this is when we pray and ask God to give us discernment and not all your friends will be Christians and that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's, but you that influence in your life is like you were talking about like you want to have that solid base of friendships that are the good influence on them so that the other friendships they might not all be that but they can be that person to other people mm -hmm. as well and that you know um I love I've always loved that analogy of like we are in this journey in our walk of faith or you know whatever you know maybe our line of work or as a parent and we are here in the journey and we have people that are ahead of us and people that are behind us. Mm -hmm. And it's all important. Like we all have mm -hmm. a role to play in that and to always have those people that are ahead of you in the faith and the people that you are influencing in the faith then as well, or the people that um, are ahead of you in motherhood and that you're learning from, and then having people that you're encouraging and that you're being a resource to as a, you know, a newer mom possibly. Mm -hmm. And I like to tell my kids that like, not all your friends are going to be in the same place that you are. And that's okay. You're not supposed to just be friends with people that are the same maturity faith wise or the same, you know, this X, Y, Z, but make sure you're moving forward in your journey and that you have people that are leading the way for you and people that you're being that, that person for it as well. And yes, that can happen in the middle of a pandemic too. Yes. <laughs> it's a little harder, <laughs> a little different, you know, but it, it can happen. So I think that's really great insight on that. All right. So as a former public school music teacher and a former homeschool teacher, I've kind of done a little bit of all of it. <laughs> um, and that I just never could have imagined teaching during a time like this. So this next category of prayers really hits home for me. Um, I can't imagine how crazy it is for, especially for teachers 
that are preparing to teach in person in a way that they've never imagined they would have to. Um, I personally know many teachers that are overwhelmed and anxious and feeling all the feelings, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, about um, going back to school and as that approaches. And some are even at their meetings today and, and getting ready for that. Teachers and administrators really need our prayers now more than ever. And that includes homeschool parents who are teachers. Um, whether you're new to this because of the pandemic or you're a veteran, you know, I mean, every person that is in that teaching capacity needs our prayers. So Tara, what is your favorite of these prayers or verses that we are praying over teachers during this time? My favorite is the one I used from First um, Kings 3. It is First Kings 3, 7 through 9. And so this is where Solomon is, has become king. And God asks him in the stream, what is it that I can give you? And Solomon's answer to him says, now, O Lord, my God, you have made me keen instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong for who by himself is able to gather in this great people of yours. That reminds me so much of where we all are right now. And I'm kind of in all three stages where I have my own classes I'm taking care of, where I'm going to be sort of homeschooling and helping my own kids along, especially my first grader who's going to need a lot of hands-on, and then praying for their teachers who are doing this distance learning thing for the very first time. And so that's just this prayer of Solomon, just or this, his request of God really reminds me of where we all are. We are in this big circumstance where we just don't even know. Some of our teachers, especially in our school district, have like 20, 25, 27 students per class. Their class sizes are huge, so they have more than they can count um, to take care of. And our hands are full. We don't know what to do. And so praying Solomon's prayer, asking for wisdom and guidance is one of my favorite prayers in this book, no matter which teaching stage you're in, whether you're doing it yourself, assisting teachers, praying for your kids' teachers. I really think this prayer covers all the bases and asking for that wisdom from God of what to do next in this new situation to all of us. Yeah. I love to pray for wisdom. You can never go wrong praying for wisdom. Amen. (laughs) I mean, we all need it, right? Like, the, the, um, the Bible actually says that when, it, well, first of all, it tells us to pray for wisdom, right? right? And then it says basically that if we pray for it, God's going to give it. And so mm-hmm. sometimes we just have to rest there and, and know that um, I, I was talking to Aaron yesterday about this. And to me, it feels a little bit like this whole process, especially the back to school decisions that we've had to make. Um, you know, I like to use an analogy about a kid with a jelly donut, right? If you give a, a child a jelly donut, uh, let's say it's a two-year-old and they're sitting on a chair with a jelly donut and they squeeze it, what's going to happen? All the jelly's going to fall yeah. out, right? Yeah, like it's all going to plop right down in their lap and then you're going to have a mess to clean up. And I think we're a lot like jelly donuts that are getting squeezed right now. We're all getting squeezed by these by these decisions and stressful things that we have going on and our jelly's plopping out in our lap. It's showing it's showing how much we really want to be in control, which is what Aaron mentioned earlier. It's it's showing um you know, how much wisdom we actually need. And, and I think all of us want what's best for our kids, but I think we just have to let go of that a little bit, or maybe a lot, depending on your case, and just trust that the Lord is going to meet you one thing at a time. The, mm-hmm. the, the Bible does tell us that God's going to give us wisdom, but it does not say that he's going to give up to tell us what to do 10 years from now, or even right. a week from now, or even a day from now. It really is just meant to be for today, right? It's just right. for today. So I think we have yeah. to keep that in mind. Yeah. Before we move on from the teacher subject, I do want to say, email your teachers yeah. and your administrators and tell them you're praying for them. I got emails from our principals from all the schools this week. And I just sent them back an email really quick saying, thank you for everything you're doing. And I'm praying for you. And I've said the same thing to a few teachers that I know. It means more like you don't even have to say what you're praying for them, just that they know 
that you re- I can recognize that their job is hard and that they're doing their best. Some teachers and administrators don't agree with what's happening and they have to do it anyways. And so whatever you're praying for them, they're going, it's going to be helpful to know that somebody is thinking of them and appreciating them and what they're doing. So just send them back an email, or if you know a teacher, like let them know you're praying for them and actually do it, (laughs) actually pray for them as well. But um, I, it means a lot to them to know that people care about them and are praying for them during this really stressful season, whether there's a pandemic or not. Yeah, I agree. That's a great, that's a great tip. I think we should all do that probably when we get off of here is just email somebody that's in a position of Mm -hmm. authority and say, we know this is hard. And even Mm -hmm. if we don't agree a hundred percent, I still want you to know that I recognize that this is hard and that we're praying for you. Um, I think it's, it's important for us though, to realize that, um, you know, our, our kids um, are going to be affected by the decisions that we make and what happens. And I think it's important every time we talk, you know, one of our favorite people to talk to on the show is uh, David Thomas and Sissy Goff. We really love talking to them. And they always remind us that our kids are probably more resilient and flexible than we think they are. And I think that's Mm -hmm. always a great thing for us to, you know, write it on a sticky note and put it on your refrigerator or on your your mirror every morning and say, my kids are stronger than I think they are because they probably are. Mm. They probably can roll with the punches a little bit better than we think they can. And they will survive this. Um, but they have limits, right? I've, I've heard of a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of the, the people that I see that are struggling so much in the midst of this are, um, our parents of special needs children, um, parents who have kids that get services through the school or, um, that kind of thing. And, and I think it's, it's, you know, we have to, we have to admit that it is going to be difficult for those students and those families. And it, it may be difficult for all of our students and families. So inside of the book, um, Everyday Prayers for Bag to School, you have us, Tara, praying for our kids' success in classes. But I'd like for you to spend just a minute explaining or defining for us what success means in this case to you, because it's not the same thing for every kid or for every family. So Mm -hmm. what exactly are we asking God to help our kids with when we're praying for their success? Well, as a teacher, um, first, I want you to know success does not mean straight A's. That's not even a realistic expectation. I know there's some great students out there get straight A's, no problem. But on my own sons, I don't expect them to get all straight A's. Even my students coming into my own classroom, they're not all going to be A students in writing. I'm a writing teacher. I tell them the first day of school, I know this isn't your favorite class and I am okay with that. It does not hurt my feelings because our students aren't, our children aren't good in everything. And to expect them to be is to place too high of an expectation on them. What I do expect from my students and my sons is for them to do their personal best for them to um, get through the assignments, to ask me questions if they are having trouble and struggling to reach out for help when they need help, but to do their personal best. And this is another place where that grace comes in. Um, Our kids are resilient and some of them may be handling it really well one day. Some of them may be having a meltdown another day. And we really need to give them grace in that and really just give more hugs Um, respond to them more. Sometimes my kids are having a meltdown and I just really want to discipline them. I've um, said, hey buddy, how about we go get some hot chocolate and talk about this and really love on them more because we need to really just expect their best. But remember their best right now may not be what it was a year ago or even six months ago because they're struggling right along with us. Online learning is hard. I've been doing it for 10 years Um, distance learning online are different. Online is all computer distance learning has more synchronous, which means face-to-face options like this um, at the same time available. There might be some hands-on material you're being sent home, but um, it's hard. I won't lie. And so if your student needs more encouragement, you might need to kind of set up a schedule for them to have them show up the same time every day to do their distance learning or their online classes. As a teacher, that's one of my best recommendations to my students for success is to show up every day. And so your kids showing up might mean success for them. If they are able to show up and do their best for 10, 15 minutes, that might be success that day. And that needs to be okay. Um, Not 
worrying about straight A's this semester or I'm worrying about if they're the best or the brightest or whatever. And I try to express that to my kids all the time. I don't expect you to be the best. I just expect you to give it your best mm-hmm. in this day. Yeah. I had and to be patient with themselves. Yes. I loved what you said about sitting down with them with a cup of hot chocolate. Um, I had the privilege of, of having, of interviewing Sally Clarkson years and years ago. Um, it was a long time ago now. We won't talk about how long ago it was, but um One of the things that she told me, you know, she's a homeschooling veteran, um, has all the great resources. If you are homeschooling for the first time, I highly recommend that you go and and hang out some with Sally because she's a, she's an inspiration. But um, one of the things that she said to me that has stuck with me was that when her children, and she had four, when her children were having a hard day, when they as a family were having a hard day, instead of yelling and screaming or whatever, she would actually pick up in the middle of the day, take them out to um, like a coffee shop or something like that. And they would sit down and have tea together. Now, if you know, Sally, you know, it's tea and not coffee, but um, you know, I, that stuck with me because, and it's, you know, yes. depending on where you live, you may not be able to go out and, and get a cup of coffee or a <laughs> cup of tea. But the heart of that was, to disrupt what was happening or interrupt what was happening in the home, the negativity there and take a step away and do something together in a happy place. And for them getting a cup of tea and having, you know, that time away was their happy place. And I started implementing that with my kids a little bit. We were homeschooling at the time as well. And I just found that pausing in the midst of the chaos, which, you know, as even as I talk about it, I feel like we've kind of gotten away from that and I need to do more of it is just, it really interrupts what's happening. So even if you need to just step outside for a few minutes and have some fun drinks or, you know, take a break in the middle of the day for them to go for a jog or, or something like that, just interrupt it so that you can get back on track later. Um, yes. She's exactly who I got the idea from. Okay. <laughs> I love Sally Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was really So great. I also, I really wanted to hit on another thing you said, Tara, about the fact that success this year may not look like what it did last year. And um, I, I always bring things back to running analogies, because that's just where (laughs) God has taught me a lot about myself or, you know, a whole lot of things. Um, But I was just thinking about it like this, I went through an injury. Um, I went through one last year, and then I went through a smaller one this year. But I feel like this pandemic has been like an injury to our, to our learning and to our, um, you know, a lot of things, but we're talking about education specifically. And we have this injury that happened, like this disruption. And for me, coming back from that injury was slow and um, it was painful. And I had to do things very differently for a long time. And um, it did not look like I wanted it to, but I had to redefine what success was for me in running in order to keep myself motivated and to keep going. So, you know, I had a stress fracture. I couldn't run for like two months. And so what was success then to me when I couldn't run, when I couldn't do that? And then what was success? I had to reevaluate once I could run even a mile. That was success for that time. And so it was this constant process of going from that disruption to reevaluating what does it look like? Because when I came back, and this happened again this year, when I came back from my injury, I, you know, my mile time did not feel like the success it did a couple years ago. But I had to say, but look where I was a month ago, and this is a success. And so that reevaluating and recognizing that what we have gone through this year is like an injury. It's like a, it's a major disruption to learning, to education, to, uh, you know, all of the systems we had in place. And now we have to look at this school year and say, it will not be the same. And Mm -hmm. what are we going to measure? You know, like we measure running by PRs, like our personal records and all of that stuff. Well, I had to say, um, I can't think of my PR from 2018, the same as I am this year. Like I can't say all of my running is a failure 
because I can't run what I did two years ago. It has to be comparing it to last month. Am I moving forward after Mm -hmm. a major disruption? And that's how we have to look at it for our kids. And it would be really down with them and say, what, what is your goal? Like, what are we, you know, what are we working for? For me, success will be getting them back into a routine (laughs) for going to school. Because we haven't had, like, we haven't had much of one, like getting them out of bed in the morning. If we can get them out of the bed in the morning and to class on time for the first two weeks, that will be success (laughs) to me. I mean, honestly, if we can remember our masks, that will be (laughs) success. I mean, (laughs) these are things that we need to look at and we need to start small because your kids might jump back into the school year and you are thinking they're fine back where we started. And if that's your measure of success is whatever they did last year, you may all fail then mm-hmm. because it was, it, the expectations were set too high. So I love that you said that let's take some time and, and lower our expectations a little bit for what success is until we see how it's going and see where we are and where we want to be going. I, I, I love that. Sorry. I got into my running <laughs> stuff, but <laughs> you know, I always end up. We love your running there. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So on that note of not being in routine, my kids have been really having a lot of fun exploring some different stuff mm-hmm. while they're not in school and while we're at home and we are still spending most of our time at home. Um, and mostly just with our family and they have, you know, explored their interests a little more. They've dug deeper into stuff that they enjoyed previously, and they've developed some new passions during our extra time at home. And, you know, I have one kid who decided he wanted to start learning piano. So good thing I'm a music teacher because I can do that for him. And um, I have one who rediscovered his love for space. And we've been watching all the, you know, the SpaceX stuff taking off and, and, and splashing down in the ocean and, Uh, creating their own solar systems. That's all been really fun. But I also feel like they're missing some of the group opportunities to express and grow in their unique gifts, like music. Like I have two kids in band and chorus and like the end of the school year was just a huge bummer that they weren't getting to grow and develop in their band and in their chorus and in their show choir. And we are grieving Um, a bunch of our competitions are already canceled for the year. Um, My son is starting high school. He will not have any marching band competitions or show choir competitions his freshman year here. I'm thankful he's not a senior because I know that would be even more heartbreaking, but that's really hard. And I know a lot of us are processing things like that where our kids normally would show off their unique gifts that aren't happening or that they would develop them and grow in them. So here I am saying, let's find the silver lining. I'm asking God, how can I help encourage them in these at home or in whatever atmosphere? What does that look like for you, Tara? Like what things have you been doing in your home since school has been out and as they're going through distance learning to encourage their unique gifts? Because that's one area we're praying over. What does that look like this year? For me, um, well, here... This area is almost as important to me as their reading, writing, arithmetic, if not more so. Because these mm-hmm. are the, I'm talking about the inborn gifts that I see that God has laid on them since they were mm-hmm. little. For instance, um, my youngest is an entertainer through and through. Why and too? He has this, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, speaking of the devil. And he has this really big <laughs> personality. And so mm-hmm. um, that's not always okay but he uses that gift to bring smiles to one of his favorite ladies at church so she's been sick for a while and so he'll just say hey I want to send her a video and um, he'll make up a song and dance routine on the spot and we'll uh-huh. send it to her and text it to her and uh, she has said that, that has a yes and she said that has encouraged her so uh-huh. very much through her illness is getting those videos from him And so um, letting them express those gifts that may not always be appreciated. And this is one with all my sons, because they all have like extremes. One's extremely analytic. One's extremely entertaining and loud is to ask God for wisdom to channel those gifts well, instead of squashing them, because Mm -hmm. it can be tempting to really 
squash some of those things that kind of maybe get in our way or, um, or inconvenient for us or something like that. But what I really ask God for wisdom to do is help them channel these gifts really, really well. And so during this pandemic, I would just sit down and ask God for wisdom for how to steward these gifts well in your children, how to steward the musical abilities. How could they maybe, um, my sons have been asking to start a YouTube channel. They're under 13. So I'm like, eh, probably not. But um, you might let them use your YouTube channel to share that gift with somebody or your Facebook feed to share those gifts with somebody else and bring a smile to them. Or there, I just discovered there's some like free lessons through our library system. And so my son's been wanting to do guitar. So we're going to start letting him do those free videos through our library system and develop that gift more. And so looking for those opportunities, and this gives us a really good time to think out of the box because it can be tempting to go through the same path that everybody else has gone through. But like no other time in history has this, is this giving us the opportunity to create and do new things and invent new things because we're all stuck with this um, really small group of tools. And so when you're stuck, I forget the exact teaching term for it, but when you're stuck with this very small um, group or this very structured space, it lets you invent better and stronger being stuck with just fewer things than having all this abundance. And so one of my sons has been inventing countless things out of the Amazon boxes that are showing up on our doorstep. And I have to clear them out once a week to go to the recycling. But allowing your kids to get creative and like you said, explore new things, watch videos, send people videos. Um, and that's not the only way to do it. Another son of mine is making Lego invention after Lego invention and um, looking up those kind of videos and doing those types of things, but um, really tapping into them and asking God for what wisdom looks like where you are right now to steward those well. Because I really think and believe that yes, reading Ryan arithmetic is foundational to who they to who they become, meaning that um, when they're, my sons are talking about, hey, I'd really like to invent a transporter to the moon like we were this morning. I was like, well, buddy, you have to pay attention in school if you're going to invent something like that. Because he's a builder. He has been a builder since he was a toddler. It has been his favorite thing. And so I'm like, yes, I see this in you, but you have to do this too and develop this foundation. But I really think his building and love of nature is what's going to take him far not necessarily the math he's learning on Tuesday, but he needs to know that math to do that. So I think they go hand in hand, but I really put as much value on those God-given gifts as I do their schooling. Yeah. And I'll just and helping I'll them develop moment. those. Yeah. I'll take a moment to speak for the moms who have kids that are the, um, like that play group sports and things like that mm -hmm. as well, because, you know, I don't know how things are where you guys are, but here in Virginia, None of that is going to happen. No school sanctioned sports are going to happen at all, if at all, until after December. So there is no fall sports for school sanctioned sports. Now, we have had the privilege of being able to continue having travel baseball here in, in our area. And they're doing a great job at the tournaments of trying to keep us socially distanced. They're making the parents sit um, instead of everybody hovering around the backstop at home plate in the in the stadiums, they're pushing us out to the outfield. And so we're like sick, we're all six feet apart out there in the, with our big tents and everything so that we don't melt, um, you know, watching our kids play baseball. And that's been, I've just, it's just been really good. And I've not heard of any major outbreaks or anything that's happening from those gatherings. So that's, that's good. But, you know, I look to uh, like my youngest, for example, um, is a very, very aggressive kid. He has been like, Terry, you said yours was a builder from birth. Mine was an extremely aggressive kid from birth, physically aggressive kid. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, football is like one of the only places that it is socially acceptable for him to be aggressive as he actually is. Mm -hmm. And so we are really missing that right now because he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that outlet. We're hoping that we'll get it after the first of the year, but who knows? So one of the things that, and our kids are also musical, so one of the things that we have tried to take advantage of in this time and will continue to take advantage of as we move back into the school year is individual learning or individual coaching sessions. Um, most of the most of the places around here 
um, and you know, this would depend on where you live, um, allow some type at this point in this in, in things are still allowing some type of one-on-one -on -one kind of thing. It's not like we're getting together with the team of 20 some kids and having a football practice or uh, whatever, but, but they've been able to do individual learning. So we have had um, Skype sessions with our uh, fiddle teacher and um, they've been able to learn new songs over quarantine. We've had, my younger son has decided that he wants to learn the mandolin. And so we found a mandolin teacher for him and he's been learning that on a one-on-one -on -one basis. We've been able to do some, some uh, directed baseball coaching where they're working on specific skill sets. So even when they're not in that season, um, they're still progressing or feeling like they're progressing so that when they do get eventually to come back to that, they're not all just completely rusty and, and out of shape and, and all that. My kids have been, you know, trying to jog a little bit here and there, do some sprints here and there so that they're not losing um, their feeling of being in, in athletic shape for whenever they do get to, to do that. So I think there's things that we can do that keep them engaged and keep them progressing, even if they're not, you know, even if like, like us here in Virginia, your sports seasons are delayed until after the first of the year. So um, you just have to be creative and, and take the time mm -hmm. that you have and look at it as a positive thing. No, we may not get to play uh, JV baseball this year, son, or, or right now, son, but you can work on being a better pitcher or a better hitter in the meantime, you know, so that when mm -hmm. you do get to play, then you, you're, you know, you're, you're there. So um, we just have to try and pick what's right for our kids. So mm -hmm. um, Tara, we really love to wrap up our shows with our guests sharing a favorite verse that they're praying over their kids right now. But, but I actually would love it if all of us could share a verse that we're praying over our kids and, and our family specifically for this school year. So Tara, if you don't mind to start us off, that would be great. All right. Well, the prayer that I'm praying currently over myself and my family right now comes from second Chronicles 2012. And it's where Jehoshaphat is praying to God when he has a big army coming against him, which is kind of where I feel we're at right now. It feels like we have all this stuff coming against us and it's wave after wave after wave that keeps coming and changing. And so in that prayer, God, um, Jehoshaphat says, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. And so um, other versions say, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so that's really what my prayer is for my family and my kids right now is that um, we don't know what to do. We have never been here before, but that we will continue keeping our eyes on Jesus because I find when I continually plant my eyes on Jesus and say, I don't know what tomorrow may bring but I am choosing to trust regardless and remember the things you've done before. So I can know you'll be faithful in the future and have hope for that. That really helps change my attitude. Even on Monday, when things changed, I had my own little personal meltdown Monday night. And then to come to Jesus with me myself on Tuesday morning during my quiet time with this chapter with second Chronicles 20, just reminding myself of God's faithfulness and that I could trust him. And even though I had no answers, nothing had changed from the night before I could firmly place my eyes on him and choose to trust. And that really changed everything over the last few days since then is that choice to trust him and focus my gaze there because nothing else is certain at the moment. That is beautiful. I love that. And it's such a picture sure of what's going on right now. We don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's happening, but our eyes are on you, God. I love that. Um, so my verse, I actually posted this in my stories um, on Instagram a few days ago. And a teacher friend of mine said, Oh my gosh, this is going to be my verse for the year. Like, and I thought, you know what, it's going to be mine too. I, I think this is where I want to be. And so um, mine is Romans 15, 13, which says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And I don't want any of us to live in defeat this year. Um, so I'm praying that uh, the God of hope will give us joy and peace and that we will keep believing and keep hanging on to his hope no matter what comes our way. Um, and I'm really thankful we have the Holy Spirit to do that for us because we can't do it on our own. So um, yeah. I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful verse. And I really want to actually hang it 
in my office and in my bathroom and in so that that's my first thought every day is not like, Oh, what's going to happen today? What's coming next? But Lord, what are you going to do? I have hope and I have your joy and your peace in whatever does come. Yeah. I love that. Mine is from Psalm 51 um, and it, and they're familiar verses to most of us. It says, God create a clean heart for me. Um, this is from the CSB version, which I have been loving recently. God, create a clean heart for me. I know most traditional verses say create a clean heart in me, but I love that it says for me because sometimes don't we just feel like we just need God to do it for us? Like we reach the end of our ability to do it for ourselves. So I I underlined that just, I was studying this yesterday. Um, Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Then I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. And the reason I really like this, these verses is because I just feel like in this season where there's so much to get mad about, there's so much to be offended by, there's so much to be stressed out about. I need the Lord to give me a clean heart over and over and over and over again. And I need that for my children. I need to be steadfast um, in the Lord. I need to be in the presence of the Lord. Uh, Lord, don't ever take your Holy Spirit away from me because I would be doomed without it, right? And, And to restore the joy of your salvation, of our salvation. I think sometimes when we get in these difficult circumstances, we forget that our real joy comes from the fact that we have salvation. And there is absolutely nothing that can ever take that away from us. So for me, it's just when I get down or stressed, I need to remember how great my salvation is. I need to remember how much I need the Lord. And so I've been praying, Lord, would you do this in us? Because then at the end of these verses, it says, then I will teach the rebellious your ways and sinners will return to you. If God is doing this in us as a family, that gives us a testimony. That gives us something to share with the people around us who maybe don't have the hope that we have in Christ. And that gives us a testimony and a way to draw them in and say, look at the hope that we have. So that's been something that I've been praying for our family um, as we go through this. And I've just, I'm so grateful to the word of God for giving us the hope that it gives us. Yes. And this is exactly why we pray the word of God, because we just don't know sometimes what we even need. Mm -hmm. And he will just lay it out there for us in his word. And I too, am thankful for that. All right. Well, thank you so much again for joining us today, Tara. We covered a lot of stuff, (laughs) a lot of stuff (laughs) in there. Um, If people want to connect with you, where can they find you online? All right. They can find me on Facebook at Tara L. Cole Writer on Instagram at Tara L. Cole. My website is also TaraLCole.com. And then I have a a new podcast over a cup. And so you can learn more about that on TaraLCole.com or find that wherever you hear podcasts. I love that. You're definitely Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) You're definitely someone that our our listeners are going to want to go sit down with a cup of something and and, uh, and listen to you. So yes, that That is the whole heart behind it. I love it. Discussions we can have around our table. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All right. So guys, remember to head over to millionprayingmoms.com forward slash the circle. If you're listening on Facebook right now or watching on Facebook, that link is right above our video. And so you can click it there to get signed up for our circle membership or visit our store at christianmomshop.com to grab a digital or paperback copy of Tara's new book, Everyday Prayers for Back to School right away. We're actually going to be starting this inside to to pray through this together inside of our Circle Membership Facebook group um, in just a few days. And there's still time for you to get your copy. We'd love to have you join us. I think that's it for today, guys. Have a wonderful day and we will see you next time. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.